0: welcome to church today the message you're about to listen to came from a recent gathering at our church be encouraged as you enjoy this message you do it put it in their spirit let them see from the beginning you know I said the God, when He first spoke to me way, way back then, however many years ago, about the music and the message, I wanted to share a little bit about that this morning to kind of let you see why. Um, well, I, I just want to highlight this whole thing about music and sound and worship and praise. So I want to take us through some scriptures this morning just to get us to think some more about this. Because, you see, this is a church, like I said, where we're going to preach the whole gospel for sure. We need to preach it, all of it, not just some of it. But as I said in the beginning, but every church has a unique assignment, as it were, on it. And we cannot, we, like, like Paul said, we have to be obedient to the heavenly vision as God has given it to us. You know, he does. This, I'm, I'm talking about a real God. You know that this stuff is real. Our God is real. I said, our God is real and he will show you things. And part of what he's always had in my spirit, though I was never a quote unquote, a musician. I mean, when I was in junior high school and high school, I believe it or not, I think I, told, you know, I played a trombone for four years, hallelujah. And actually I was the first chair, if you know what that means. And we won we won um, the whole state of California. We won all these gold awards and what have you. I could actually play. Can you believe that? I, tr- I put a trombone in my mouth about three years ago. Couldn't make a sound. I'd sound like a, somebody was slaughtering a pig. You know, <laughs> But the point is, as a young boy, I can remember. I can still remember the radio sign. It was KWSO Radio out of Wasco, California. And as a young boy, eight, nine years old, it sat at my head. And every night I had that tuned on. And I'd listen, funny enough, to classical music. I love Warsaw Concerto. I love just listening to some. But music has just always been there. And I think every one of us, Already, we know that something about, especially like with very young people, music is just something everybody gravitates to. Music is so powerful. I mean, it's like I don't have to preach to the choirs and say we all hear no, but I mean, I don't think we yet really comprehend what we're dealing with and what God, please, please hear me what God's intent really is about sound and music as far as how he did it and the stuff and what was in the book. And then last week, you know, it's funny, like I'm, I'm, reading, I'm, I'm reading through the Bible now, well, the whole, I'm still reading a bunch of other stuff, but I'm, I'm on my third reading of the Bible. Right now, since January, I've read it, You know, this is the third time I'm reading it all the way through again, just because just I'm enjoying it. And, but I got to 1 Samuel just a couple of, I don't know, three days before we flew. And then I get this email from David Powell. I wish David was here today, but he and Denise are up, I think it's Newcastle, is that where he's at, or something like that? I don't know, anyhow. Yeah, somewhere north. (laughs) I I wish he was here. But anyhow, he shared, he'd sent an email, like he does to us, about last. evidently the last worship rehearsal they had. And he said uh, how they sat around, how great it was, and what have you. And uh, John, can you put the PowerPoint up that? And I'm just going to read um, what David wrote. Um, David's incredible, man. The gift, the maturity that's in him. Everybody said he just blew everybody's... did a great job when he's here. But he wrote this, uh, this one thing. I'm just going to read it here. It says, In a meeting with the pastors and leadership team, a phrase began to form in my spirit. I heard the words... The song will have a home. Began to swirl and repeat themselves continuously as we were speaking and praying. This was answered by another phrase which simply said, for the time of the wandering minstrel has come to an end. And I really want, particularly our musicians and others in here like Paul Watson and you guys, I want you to really listen to this because your key, you have an assignment. Every minstrel, every musician, every singer we have in this church has an assignment from God to find these wandering minstrels and to bring them into the house of the Lord. You need to take that very seriously because of the assignment that's on this church. But let me keep reading. For the time of the wandering minstrels has come to an end. Within 30 minutes, the full phrase had taken hold of my spirit and my imagination. The song will have a home for the time of the wandering minstrel has come to an end. In my mind's eye, I saw it as a stenciled inscription on the door to our worship team rehearsal room in our church building to come, either that or on the wall, but I knew it had a significance far greater than just a catchy saying. Thus, since then, for several weeks now, I have been letting it affirm itself by way of meditating on it and also watching keenly for confirmation of the natural, and there have been many. The overriding confirmation has been found in the response of our congregation to the recent messages in our Sunday services. An incredible thirst for more of God has displayed itself, especially in their openness to the prophetic and healing anointings we carry as a body. I also began to sense its application to our worship team and the year to come. The scriptural reference came to me after a meeting with the worship leaders. I left the meeting incredibly encouraged at the shared vision and hunger amongst the leaders for the upcoming year. While we recognize that changes may have to be made to the way we quote unquote work, there is a shared faith that God is ready to grace us with an uncanny manifestation of the new song that Ray Hughes spoke of. It was in this meeting that I first heard the words, quote, a family of excellence. And as we spoke, I began to feel an emphasis on both building and maintaining family and carrying the spirit of excellence. So this covers things like training, structured rehearsal, food, and fun. I was en route home as the Lord began to remind me of Saul's encounter with the company of worshiping prophets. This is why I'm going to read that verse, because like I said, just... See, it's not coincidence. Like I said, here I'm, he sends this, and I'm reading it. I was actually reading it the day that this email arrived. And those aren't see those things. They all everything means something, anyhow. Um, I was en route home as the Lord began to remind me of Saul's encounter with the company of worshiping prophets. Ray teaches that this is one of the earliest uses of the word a band of prophets. I feel that over the coming year we will be coming from our high places of worship and encounter many wandering minstrels like Saul who by encounter with what we carry will then be transformed into worshiping prophets. That's heavy. There's a lot more to this passage, but that can all be unpacked in our time together. This past year was all about taking Jericho, learning to lean into the wind and trust the voice of the Lord, even when things are rapidly changing before us. To not take comfort in numbers, skill, or gift, but to affix our faith to the presence that we inhabit we will continue to walk in this developing trust and we will all we will witness God begin to transform all those who come into our midst and he said let's have some fun <laughs> you know just i love the way he he put stuff together but now when he said that then julie when she she answered him and she said, you know, basically to David, she said that remind, she said, it reminds me of a dream I had back in 1995. Now if we go to the next thing, Julie, this is 23 years ago. Julie had this dream and she wrote it down. And I remember when she had it. I woke abruptly, this is 1995, 23 years ago. I woke abruptly at 2.30 a.m. I'd, I'd been so deeply sound asleep in our little house in Lane Inn, Buckinghamshire in England. It was our first starter home. None of us really liked it much I particularly wanted to live there, but it's the first home we owned and are not renting. This is where we are planted, and we have all learned a lot of major character lessons, driving to London four or five days a week alone, teaching us endurance. That's when we had the Bible school. We, had, we taught the Bible school out there in uh, Lane Inn near Marlow in the mornings. Then every evening, we teach the Bible school here in London. So we were driving back and forth four days a week. This is where we're planted. Driving to London four or five days a week alone is teaching us endurance. And although it's tiring, we learn to adapt. We must never give up as we pursue our own destinies. One day we will move into London and run to the battle from there. The dream was real. Sorry. The dream was real. And the sound of the beautiful chord, the sound of the beautiful chord went around the world. Now, Julie, I don't know. Do you have that baby? You know that thing? No, that little. Oh yeah, that. Sorry. Back then, you can't see it from here. I know it's way, way. But when we did this thing back way back, then Julie came up with this graphic, and basically, back then, it was just a picture of the Earth with a stanza, you know, music, a chord going all around the world. Now, what I'm trying to say is, this has been in her spirit, this has been in my spirit for like 37 years now. This has been working in us and working in her and it's working in all of us here. But this is something, like I said, I'm, I wanna go over this this morning because I want you to understand when I say the music and the message that it's not just some little trippy thing that we're talking about. This is something that's deeply, deeply implanted it is an assignment from heaven. It is something that if we don't carry out, we'll have to, I'll have to stand before God on behalf of this aspect. I mean, whatever else I do, there's something here that's incredibly powerfully important. That some, uh, Julie and I and many of the minstrels we have and the singers we have, there is an anointing in this house to bring in hundreds of musicians. To father and to mother them because they're all lost they're on the streets or they're trying to or they're just barely making it and they're just you know there's nothing happening and they go into all manner of trans but i'm just saying part of the assignment of this church is that and i'm just saying i need you to understand this because i don't want you to think we're just off on some tangent it's important and like i said we'll get to more of it here right now but the dream was real, and the sound of the beautiful chord went around the whole earth. The chord was supernatural. It was a new chord I had never heard before. Somehow, heaven was mingled in the sound of this chord, which embraced heaven and earth. I saw a ladder amidst this new chord. It began cleansing the atmosphere as it moved slowly all around our planet. Musicians were being lifted up everywhere as all were touched by the sound of this new chord. They began climbing up the ladder, rung by rung. The top of the ladder touched heaven as the bottom of it stood firm in the earth. The new sound was awesome and so incredibly beautiful. It was mingled with the sounds from the earthly musicians and singers on the bottom end, and at the top with the sounds from the heavenly choir of singers and musicians. It was a whole family of sound. I love that statement, a family of sound. It was a whole family of sound between heaven and earth, from heaven to earth and from earth to heaven. Then I knew this new sound is going around the earth to restore and to redeem. The chord was touching the hearts and minds of buskers on the streets of London and in Mayfair near Hyde Park and on Oxford Street. Men and women who had received the musical gift were being lifted up by the sound and restored and planted within their destinies. Getting out of bed, I went downstairs into our little utility room and began to write on the first little Amstrad word processor (laughs) that we had. What I'd seen in this dream, the vision stayed. And later I began to envision what could happen from this Hyde Park being filled with new sounds. And now notice this next phrase, wandering street minstrels. Remember what David said? It's time for the wandering minstrels to come home. Now, this is 23 years before this when Julie's writing this. Exactly the same phrase. Wandering street mes- minstrels being healed and made whole and planted and refitted into their rightful destiny. Amen? Isn't that good? What I'm trying to say, then you read now let's turn to 1 Samuel 10 and just look at the Bible for a moment. Look at this. And this is when Samuel... You know, is going to uh, just. I just want you to really, really stop, look, and think about how God put strategy, and how God thought about how much you know, impotence God put upon music and stuff. And uh, anyhow, chapter ten of First Samuel. You can, well, just look at the first verse, if you want to get that up there, guys, John, or whosoever, who's ever back there. Samuel, the first verse, it simply says, then Samuel took the vial of oil, and poured it on Saul's head, and kissed him and said, has not the Lord anointed you to be prince over his heritage Israel? Interesting, in the beginning, Saul was a good guy. Saul was trying to do his best, you know, just, but then afterwards, he just, he kept trying to do things his own way and not God's way, and that's when he really got into trouble. But now, he goes on to tell him that you're going to meet some people. They're going to come down because he's been looking for his father's donkeys. And then jump to verse 3. Verse 3 says, Then you will go on from there and you'll come to the oak of Tabor. And three men going up to God at Bethel will meet you there, one carrying three kids, another carrying three loaves of bread, another carrying a skin bottle of wine. They will greet you and give you two loaves of bread, which you shall accept from their hand. After that, you will come to the hill of God where the garrison of the Philistines is, and when you come to the city, you will meet a company of what? Prophets coming down from the high place with harps, tambourines, flutes, and lyres before them prophesying. Now just stop right there and think. He meets a company of prophets. The Bible calls them prophets, and these prophets were musicians. This is what we're trying to catch people understanding here. Musicians, intrinsically, in other words, on the inside of them, have to awake to the fact that in reality, in worship, there's this incredible aspect of prophecy that is coming from their spirit. Every place in Scripture where it talks, almost, well, I can't say every place because it would take me too long, but you've got to see this where there were prophets there was music where there was music there was prophecy you hear me you I, I really want you to hear this it's like this morning we had beautiful worship this morning you know just with just with keys and drums and mike playing the bass and angela just doing this you know as she always does but just we really did worship this morning at least i did i enjoyed you know, like they say, we really do have to understand this thing about the audience of one. You know what I mean? It's not about everybody listening to everybody else's voice. It's me giving my full attention to Jesus, right? That's what worship is. But I'm just telling him, I, I do love you. I, I appreciate what you've done in my life. But it says, when you come to the city, you will meet a company of prophets coming down from the high place with harps. Basically, when you talk about then, he's talking about today, a harp. Then it was like piano, tambourine, drums, flute and lyre, guitars. Prophesying. Okay, they're going to do, there's, he meets this group of prophets, quote, musicians. They're all playing and prophesying. And then the next verse says what? Then, everybody say then, the spirit of the Lord, Samuel says, will come upon you mightily and you will show yourself to be a prophet with them and you will be turned into another man. Oh, Father, please help people catch the significance of the combination of these truths. Prophets that are singers, singers that are prophets, giving way to the prophetic as they're worshiping God, they're giving thanks to God. You know, later it's all met. there's all kinds of information and. First Sam, Second Sam, First Chronicles, Second Chronicles about the singing and they're prophesying, giving thanks to God and just revealing the wondrous works of the Lord, right? Which is what our worship is intended to do, is to glorify him, draw attention to him. But if you see this connection, it happens over and over again. He says that if when you get when you're gonna meet them, in other words, when you get in that environment, you're in a place where the Spirit of the Lord can come upon you mightily. Now just, uh, this is what I want you to catch. This is why we don't worship for just 30 minutes in this church. This is why we give space for things to flow. And, and, and like, you know, like we say all the time, you know, we're, we don't have all the information yet. We're not perfect, so we'll slip up, we'll mess up. At times we'll, it may get a little awkward, but the thing is, we're going to keep feeling after God. And because we know this is essential. Now we have to be really careful because worship, I love what Bill Johnson said. He says, when all, when, everything, when all is in doubt, worship. In other words, the key to anything, if you don't know what to do, whatever situation you might be in right now, whatever it may be, one of the things you know to do, if you don't know to do anything else, worship. <laughs> because worship takes care of everything, hallelujah. But you have to understand, we don't want people to quote unquote worship, worship. It's very easy. See, we don't worship. What I want you to know is what worship does, the effect of it. But hear me now. But we're not to worship because of the effect, because of what it produces. I'm going to read some things here. But we need to worship because of who he is. And then the effect is just an outcome of that. If you worship just for the effect, you're in the wrong spirit. You have to catch the revelation. I'm, see, it's, it's when you really start to worship Him because He is worthy. <laughs> he is King. He is Almighty God. And no matter what happens in my life, I don't judge God by my experience. I don't judge the scriptures by my experience. You know, I love Him. I don't know everything yet. And I don't know some of the things, why they happen, why they don't happen, I don't know. But that's, you see, you have to get to the place where whatever that is, I'm going to worship him. I've made my decision. I believe in God Almighty, and I believe in Jesus Christ of Nazareth, and I've made my decision. He is my king, he is my Lord, he's my savior, and it is him who I'm going to follow. And the more you do read, and this is why you've got to stay in the book, when you actually to begin to see the great love, you know, first John again, behold, what manner of love is this that the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God, the sons of God. So David, what is man that you're mindful of him, <clears throat> or the son of man that you visit him? You know, and you just begin to realize, good God, just like we just saying that God has chosen to dwell with it. God has chosen to dwell with us. Do you, we just sing that stuff. But do you God, God, the creator of everything, has chosen to dwell with people like you and me. We got dirt on us. <laughs> we mess up. We do all kinds of silly, stupid things at times. But because of the blood of Jesus, we're accepted in the Beloved. Because of the blood of Jesus we're redeemed and right standing with God, remember, has been deposited in our life by our belief in Jesus. We have right standing with God, not because of our performance like you've heard me say so many times, hallelujah. That's why, you know, you better be grateful because there is a hell. We're dealing with eternity. We're not dealing with religion, we're dealing with eternity. And the things that carry eternal value. And most of us, we still get caught up in things that carry just a temporal value. But you have to be aware of what carries eternal value. But anyhow, so he gets around this company of prophets who all have, music, all have musical instruments. Prophets have musical Most prophets were singers and players. Tanya, how you doing, is a prophetess. She prophesies on her keyboard. She may not even understand that fully. She's technically blessed. What I mean is she understands music. She understands colors and rhythm and what have you. But this is why I'm praying for all, of them. I pray for Tanya. We pray for uh, uh, Ayana, we pray for Antonio, we pray for Angela, we pray for our musicians. We pray for all of them that, that they, that it will suddenly be revealed to them the depth of what they carry, that it's not just I play piano. And it's not just that I know, I, you know, I want to become excellent at my skill. If you've been born again, if you've been born from on high, you're a prophet now. You need to see that, though. This is why you need to see that when you sing, when you play, like I've tried to tell people over and over again, you have to have that sense of understanding. Every note I play, one note, See, remember, it's not the instrument. It's the spirit of the person who uses the instrument. It's what's in their spirit. There's no evil or good. You can't say a keyboard is evil (laughs) or evil is good. But the person who plays it, what's in their spirit, will come out on it. But you need to have this faith working in you that every single note I play contains what God said his spirit will will, will put in it. You know, like with David, what he did. Every note our singers sing, you've got to catch it. Please hear me. I want to say that again. Please hear me. This is not just, I'm not just talking about goofy stuff. Before things really begin to work, you have to believe it. You don't just do the Bible. If you just, Isaiah 29 talks about people, he said that they serve me, and he said they worship me, but their heart is far from me. And he said the things that they know, they know only by means of repetition. In other words, they do this stuff because they've been taught how to do this stuff. But their heart's not connected. The power comes from what's in your heart. This is why, again, like when, uh, when a Michael Powell or a Tanya or, or a Paul Watson, when they take a moment before, every time before they play, and they say, Father, please come be in my hands. It's that acknowledgment, whatever your gifting is, writing, the stuff, like I said, that Annie's doing, what have you? What Dom's want to do? It's when you stop and just take those moments. It's a big deal with God. I said it's a big deal. It changes everything when you put it before Him and you acknowledge that the gift you have isn't yours. It came from heaven, and so you're you're you're. This is why this day-to-day consecration thing is so heavy. Father, I please keep blowing on this. Be with my hands. That's why you've heard me pray many times before I speak or somebody, I'll ask the Lord, please be with my mouth because I mean it. I don't want you to hear Rod's opinions. You know what I mean? Rod's opinions won't help you much. But we are people of the spirit. I said we are people of the spirit, we're not to live from flesh, or to live from the spirit, we're to be led by God's spirit. But this is why again, you have to learn how to stop and acknowledge God and be still before you go into a meeting. you just stop and you bow your head for a moment. Father, Holy Spirit, thank you that you're with me. Thank you that your favor's upon me. I ask for wisdom right now to come in and to go out. I ask for your wisdom and then you just you learn to trust him and actually keep that working in you but I'm just saying this is so important. So anyhow, so, but again, I'm trying to get you to really catch this issue about part of our assignment being so much to deal with the music and the sound. So Saul comes, a company of prophets, the spirit of the Lord comes on him because he's in the midst of prophesying musicians. I said, the spirit of the Lord comes mightily upon him because he's come close to a band of musicians that are prophets. And it says, he's turned into another man. Oh my God, that's profound. See, if we just keep practicing the presence of God, at home, if you just keep practicing the presence of God by learning to worship at home, finding the music that stirs you, There is a music that stirs you, and you know there is. But as you continue to practice that, I'm telling you, this is part of what God's ordained. It's from heaven. We don't have to fully understand it. It will turn you in. The anointings, it says, of this that's within the music and the words will turn you into another man. It will change you into what God wants you to be. You'll become more of what God wants you to be. Somebody, please say hallelujah. Hallelujah. I mean that's important uh, let me keep going here and then verse it says in uh, verse 9 for Samuel 10 9 and when Saul had turned his back to leave Samuel God gave him another heart and all these signs came to pass that day verse 10 when they came to the hill Gibby behold and this is what David Powell was referring to what Ray Hughes said behold a band of prophets this is the first time the word band is used And the word band is used in connection with prophets. I said the word band is used in connection with prophets. Do you hear me, Emmanuel? It's a band. Behold, a band of prophets met him, and what happens again? And the Spirit of God came mightily upon him, and he spoke under divine inspiration among them. Hallelujah. That's why, like, Julie wants to come. When she speaks, she loves to just step up immediately after worship without announcements and all that stuff, because it stirs her spirit. It prepares her. That's the way she functions. That's the way her relationship with Jesus over the years has been spawned. She goes into worship, and this inspiration comes. But you see, inspiration will come to every single one of us if we really comprehend this and take the time to actually enter into worship. If you get around a band of worshipers, but again, you can have a band of worshiping prophets in your house. That's what we're trying to get to on a CD. You see, if everybody in here actually began to catch this, an attractive magnetic force begins to be created that draws people into faith. I mean, if I have time, I'm going to get to that back in Isaiah. I mean, it actually produces a magnetic force because we begin to give glory to him. He begins to pour out glory on us. And the glory is seen, and people are attracted to the glory. Hallelujah! But this thing's all through Scripture. Now let's go to another one, real quick. Go to First Chronicles chapter twenty-five. Just to me, I just think of a trip here. I, I just want you to catch the picture. First Chronicles. It's in First Chronicles, isn't it? Hallelujah! Sorry, I'm turning as quick as I can here. First Chronicles 25, verse 1, also David and the chiefs of the host of the Lord separated to the temple service some of the sons of Asaph. Now Asaph was one of the chief psalmists in the Bible with David, the chief psalmist, in other words, songwriter, song singer, instrument player. And David, so David and the chiefs of the host of the Lord separated to the temple service, some of the sons of Asaph, Heman, and Jeduthun, who should prophesy being inspired with lyres, harps, and cymbals. The list of the musicians according to their service was, and he begins to give, read all this stuff out about all this. What I'm trying to get you to understand is that this is, when you talk today, one of the statements that's made a lot in the body of Christ globally is that indeed indeed, this is the time when the tabernacle of David is being restored because it was prophesied, Jesus prophesied it as well. And this is what the tabernacle of David was full of. It was full of worship and it was full of musicians that were assigned to do this 24 hours a day, like Mike Bickle IHOP for 20 years now They've been praying, they have a team, different teams that come every hour around the clock, three a.m. in the morning, four, I mean, they have a different teams every single hour for 20 years now, they've had musicians that play and people are there to just pray and whether there's five people out there, makes no difference, and they're just singing unto God because they're following this pattern. And of course, that place has exploded and given birth to so many thousands of young people coming to Christ. And so many hundreds, probably thousands now, musicians that have been birthed into stuff, uh, you know, all beginning with Misty Edwards. Just, I mean, just incredible stuff. Verse 3 of First Chronicles 25 says, of the sons of Jeduthun. he names all this, he said, blah, 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 their father Jed- who witnessed and prophesied under divine inspiration with the lyre, which is like a guitar, they prophesied under divine inspiration with the guitar in thanksgiving and praise to the Lord. Go over verse five, and these were the sons of Heman, the king's seer, his mediator, in the words and things of God to exalt him. for God gave to Heman 14 sons and three daughters, verse six, all of whom were in the choir with Ayama. They were all in the choir, under the direction of their father, for song in the house of the Lord, with cymbals, harps and lyres for the service of the house of God, Asaph, Jeduthun, and Heman were under the order of the king. Verse seven, so the number of them who led the remainder of the 4,000, say 4,000. So the number of them who led the remainder of the 4,000 with their kinsmen who were specially trained in what? They were specially trained in songs for the Lord. All who were talented singers was 288. Now, when you read this further, like I said, I don't have time to go through all the little bits of it, but he's saying they had 4,000 musicians. Picture 4,000. I said, picture 4,000. The worship team has 4,000 people in it. The worship team has 4,000 people in it. And almost all the 4,000 people are musicians. But there are two, 288 of them that were BVs, backing vocalists. (laughs) 288 people who were specially trained in songs for the house of the Lord. I mean, how important was this to God to institute all this? Because if you read, uh, God spoke to David and gave him these instructions. What's being carried out here is what God told David to do. So I just wanted you to see that part. 4,000 singers and musicians and 288 that were specially trained. I just wanted you to see the numbers. And this was to be around the temple all day long. And that's when, see, this is where blessing then began to reside. If you read further... All David's, you know, when everything was established like this, it says he made all his enemies to be at peace with him. There was no more war. David was a man of war, but after a while, everything settled down, but it was all after they instituted all these 4,000 musicians and 288 special singers and stuff. Now, we know this verse, but go to 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Uh, Again, I just want you to, this is Jehoshaphat, great jumping Jehoshaphat. Second Chronicles 20, verse 1, After this the Moabites, the Ammonites, and with them the Muanites came against Jehoshaphat to battle. It was told Jehoshaphat, A great multitude has come against you from beyond the Dead Sea, from Edom. And behold, the they are in Heresazan, Tamar, which is in Gedi. Verse 3, Then Jehoshaphat feared and set himself determinedly at his, as his vital need to seek the Lord. He proclaimed a fast in Judah. Verse 6, And said, O Lord, God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? And do you not rule over the kingdoms of the nations? In your hand are power and might, so that none is able to withstand you. Did not you, O our God, drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel, and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? They dwelt in it and have built you a sanctuary in it for your name. Saying, if evil comes upon us, the sword of judgment or pestilence or famine, we will stand before this house and before you, for your name, the symbol of your presence, is in this house. The name of God is in this house. It is the symbol of his presence. That's what they are. I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to teach on that aim here pretty quick. Verse 10 And now behold the men of Ammon, Moab, Mount Seir, whom you would not let Israel invade. When they came from the land of Egypt, and whom they turned from and did not destroy, behold, they reward us by coming to drive us out of your possession. Verse 12, O our God, will you not execute judgment upon them? For we have, listen to this, we have no might to stand against this great company that is coming against us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are upon you one of the most wonderful statements in scripture that we've all, we've been there, haven't we? And this is what we have to keep in our own spirit. We may not know what to do, but bless God, we're going to keep our eyes on him. See, don't keep thinking about the fact that you don't know what to do next. That's a distraction. Just keep your eyes on him. And verse 13 says, And all Judah stood before the Lord with the children and their wives. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jeho, the son of Mattaniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph, the psalmist. The Spirit of the Lord comes upon a guy who is one of the sons of Asaph. He's a prophet. He's a singer. He's a musician. Asaph. Verse 15, He said, Hearken all Judah, You inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you King Jehoshaphat, the Lord says this to you be not afraid. He says that to every one of you here today. Be not afraid of the enemy that's coming against you. The first thing he says that word is get rid of the fear. Get rid of the fear. Get rid of the anxiety. Come to me, come to me. Let me put my arms around you. Be not afraid or dismayed at this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, go down to them. Behold, they will come up by the ascent of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the ravine before the wilderness of Jeel. Verse 17, you shall not need to fight in this battle. Take your positions, stand still, and see the deliverance of the Lord who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out against them, for the land is with you, for the Lord is with you. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants in Jerusalem fell down before the Lord, worshiping him. That's the best thing to do when an enemy comes. I said, the best thing you can do when the enemy comes, I said, the best thing you can do when the enemy comes is worship the Most High God. Like could, again, I'm going to say what he did. Johnson said, when in doubt, worship. Hear me? When in doubt, worship. That should be your default position. I'm gonna worship. I'm gonna worship. I'm gonna worship. He fell down before the Lord worshiping. Verse 19, and some Levites of the Kohathites and Korites stood up to praise the Lord. These again signal the musicians. They stood up. You got all these enemies. It said that they were like the sand of the sea for the multitudes. Now picture this. Like he had said earlier, Jehoshaphat said, we have no might, we in ourselves have no might to stand against an enemy this large. But in the midst of that, they began to worship God. And the Korites stood up to praise the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. Don't be afraid of getting loud. <laughs> we don't get loud for the sake of being loud. But let me tell you something. When it's serious, Rod gets loud. When I'm by myself, at my, when I'm praying or something like that, when it gets serious, I start shouting the truths of God. It's just I have to, that something rises up in me because I got to tell you, timid prayers bring timid results. You need to have, there needs to be a boldness in you that comes from the knowledge of who you serve. And you, ha- and you will, you'll find yourself shouting, I am the, I'm blessed of God. I will not be defeated. Not a, I don't have failure in me. This is not going to happen. I have abundance. My God is for me. Nothing can stand against me. I mean, that has to come up. Instead of, oh my God, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I don't know nothing. I think I'll call Bobby and see what she says. I think I'll call Jeff and see what he says. No, no, no. No. That's good. But no. Go from good to Great. No, 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 no. I'm going to praise you right now. I'm going to give you glory. Hallelujah. Nothing has changed. Heaven has not changed. Your will has not changed from my life. Your blessing has not left my life. I serve you. Thank you. The blood of Jesus has redeemed me. I have eternal life. I mean, it just needs to start rolling out of you. And pretty soon that other stuff just gets littler and littler. But again, verse 19, they stood up to praise the Lord, the God of Israel with a very loud voice. Verse 20, and they rose early in the morning. And went out into the wilderness of Tekoa, and as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe and remain steadfast to his prophets, and you shall prosper. Now, here again, these prophets, these prophets, when you really look at it out, he's referring to all the stuff that's coming from the musicians and the singers. This is incredible when you really begin to see it. I'm trying to tell us as a church, Julie and I, have this whole thing about the music and the message, and like I said, 23 years ago, she's got this dream about wandering minstrels. David's talking about wandering minstrels, and there's this something here that's special. We can't deny it. We have a calling on our life to do something with music and musicians. Hallelujah. And I mean, we are calling them in. And I want you to call them in. See, I want you to be in faith with us and understand. It's not some little thing. It's a huge assignment all through scripture to find a band of minstrels who will actually give themselves to God and not pride themselves in their skill set, but pride themselves in their desire to worship Jesus. You know what I mean? Like, again, Angela this morning, I could sense the purity of her her worship coming this morning. You know, there's a difference between singing a song and suddenly she really wanted to worship Jesus. I mean, I'm not trying to pat her on the back, but she did. It was, you know, and you could tell immediately and that's when, you know, that's when we enter in too because we begin to step into what they're, they're producing. That's what we do out there. We get to step into them. See, a worship team isn't supposed to entertain the people. A worship team is supposed to go upward and worship God and you actually forget about anybody else out there. That's the truth, just forget about anybody else out there and be like they're all by themselves with this audience of one. But we out there then, as we witness this, we begin, then we begin to step into what they're producing. We step into this worship ourselves and we begin to gain the benefit of the presence of God ourselves. Oh God, I wish you could hear what I'm trying to say. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established, believe and remain steadfast to his prophets and you shall prosper. Verse 21, when he had consulted with the people, guess what he does? He appoints singers. Now again, you got an army so huge, it's as big as, as many as the numbers, the sands of of the sea. And here's God's strategy that comes to Jehoshaphat after he talked to the Lord and consulted with the people. He appoints, he appointed singers to sing to the Lord and praise him in their holy priestly garments as they went out before, everybody say before, before the army. Now, I know you, many of you have read the scripture before, but I, I'm trying to ask, I'm trusting God that the emphasis comes from the Holy Spirit this morning for you to catch this. The musicians went before the army, they went in front, the musicians went in front. Why would God have that as a strategy? Because something happens in music and worship that is so deeply spiritual, it's the stuff that begins to deflect the power of your enemies. Psalm 82 is that verse, if you remember, where God says, don't you, and David said, don't you know out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, God has ordained strength, he says there, he's ordained strength that your enemies might be defeated. And then Jesus in Matthew 21 quotes the verse, but instead of saying ordained strength, he said he has perfected praise to destroy his enemies. Where there's praise, there's strength. He said he's done this, he's ordained praise because of your enemies. And it says to silence and gag your enemies. Praise silences, shuts up the devil. So when Rod's under severe emotional attack, we all get under emotional, pr- things come and you go, my God, and you think you're going go nuts. That's when Rod has to learn, no, no, no. That's when I throw my head back and I begin to sing a song into God, hallelujah. I don't care how old, sing an old song, sing a song that everybody laughs about Give thanks with a grateful heart, <laughs> I'll just start giving thanks because it's anointed and because it displaces my fear. It silences my enemies. And I began to think on him, who is a whole lot bigger than my problem. It's not just another trip in church. It's one of the major tools that heaven has given us. Please hear that. It's one of the biggest, gigantic tools of God. All we gotta do is use it. He appointed singers to sing to the Lord and praised them in their holy garments as they went up before the armor, saying, Give thanks to the Lord for his mercy and loving kindness endure forever. Over and over and over and over and over and over and over, and over again, they began to sing, Give thanks to the Lord, give thanks to the Lord, give thanks to the Lord for his mercy and his loving kindness endure forever, give thanks to the Lord. If thanks to the Lord for his mercy and loving kindness endure forever. I guarantee you, you do that in your house, you'll have a clean home. You'll have a clean spirit. You will. And of course, and we know this verse in verse 22. And when they began to sing and praise, the Lord gets involved. You do your part, God will do his part. The Lord set ambushments against the men of Ammon, Moab and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah and they were self-slaughtered. Hallelujah. (laughs) Father, please let them catch this in their spirit. The way to kill our enemy, (laughs) the way to destroy it is to sing and praise your name for you are good and your mercy, and your loving and ki- loving kindness, it does endure forever. Oh, God, let that be so tattooed upon our spirit, our might. Hallelujah. Second Chronicles 29. I know I've gone way too long as usual. See, I'm back. Sorry. I'm not, I'm not like Bobby and David who know how to do it in 45 minutes. I'm trying to learn. I just ain't learned yet. Ain't. Good language, huh? And from verse 20, 2 Chronicles 29, verse 20. Then King Hezekiah rose early and gathered the officials of the city and went up to the house of the Lord. They brought seven each of bulls, rams, lambs, he goes for a sin offering to the kingdom, for the kingdom, the sanctuary. He commanded the priests, the sons of Aaron, to offer them on the Lord's altar. So they killed the bulls, the priests received the blah, 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 blah. Verse 23, then the he goes for the sin. Verse 24, the priests killed them, made a sin offering with their blood upon the altar to make atonement. For all of Israel, for the king commanded the Deborah. Verse 25 Hezekiah stationed the Levites in the Lord's house with cymbals, harps, lyres, as David his forefather and Gad the king's seer and Nathan the prophet had commanded. For the commandment was from the Lord through his prophets. The commandment was from the Lord to his prophets. The commandment of the Lord was, gather the musicians. Do you hear that? Seriously, do you hear that? Gather for the commandment was from the Lord. Verse 26, the Levites Levites stood with the instruments of David. Remember, David created new instruments to praise the Lord. He made new stuff to make sound on. See this? Instruments yet to be made. I said there are instruments yet to be made. There's enhancements yet to be made that make sound pierce even more when it comes from the spirit of somebody who's full of the Holy Spirit. With the instruments of David and the priests with the trumpets, verse 27, Hezekiah commanded to offer the burnt offering upon the altar, and when the burnt offering began, the song of the Lord began also with the trumpets and with the instruments ordained by King David of Israel. And all the congregation worshiped, the singer sang, the trumpeter sounded, and all this continued until the burnt offering was finished. So just picture that day. So you've got to learn to stop and put yourself in the place, not just skim the words. Picture thousands of these guys singing and another thousand or so blowing trumpets. What, think about the atmosphere right now. Think if you had a thousand trumpeters in here right now. And they just blow these horns, blah, blah, the whole show for a bit that people still do you. Everybody's singing, glory to the lamb, he's good, his mercy. Thousands of them, man. Think of this tumult, think of what that must have been like. But evidently, God likes that. (laughs) Verse 29, when they had stopped offering, the king and all present with them bowed themselves and worshiped also king Hezekiah and the princes ordered the Levites to sing praises to the Lord with the words of David. They took the songs that David wrote, which are the Psalms. They took the words of David and of Asaph the seer, and they sang praises of gladness and bowed themselves in worship. And it goes on to talk about how all this happened. And in the very last verse, you'd have to read the whole thing. It says, and all of this was done suddenly, the last statement of the whole verse 36. It's just that when all of this occurred, when you had the power of this music and the sound and people were actually worshiping, again, like before, the divine inspiration came. Divine information came. Divine deliverance comes. I mean, hallelujah. It just happens over and over again. Okay. I've gone too long. I'm going to do some more next week. But let me just finish with 1 Samuel, one that we should all know 1 Samuel chapter 16. Hallelujah. Yes, Rod's home. <laughs> Hallelujah. This is when, of course, the prophet Samuel anoints David. He goes through all the sons of Jesse. And uh, verse, let, let me look at verse 6 first. 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 6. When they had come, he looked on Elijah when he, he had Jesse bring all his sons. They looked on Eliab, the eldest son, and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said to Samuel, Remember this wonderful scripture. Look not on his appearance or at the height of his stature, for I have rejected him, for the Lord sees not as man sees. For man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab, made him pass, but Samuel said, Nope, the Lord hasn't chosen one. Then he made Shammah pass, Samuel says, Nope. Jesse made seven of his sons pass, Samuel said, Nope, the Lord has not chosen any of these. Verse 11, then he said to Jesse, Are all of your sons here? Jesse said, there's yet the youngest. He is tending the sheep. Samuel said to Jesse, send for him, for we will not sit down to eat until he's here." Jesse sent, brought him. David had a healthy reddish complexion and beautiful eyes and was fine looking like me. Hallelujah. So, sorry. I walk by faith. <laughs> he was fine looking. The Lord said to Samuel, arise, anoint him. This is he. Then Samuel took the horn of oil, anointed David in the midst of his brothers, and the spirit of the Lord came mightily upon David from that day forward, and Samuel arose and went to Ramah. But the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord tormented and troubled him. Saul's servant said to him, Behold, an evil spirit from God torments you. Let our Lord now command your servants here before you to find a man. He's got an evil spirit on him. He's being distressed, tormented, torment, torment, torment. Why do these guys know to do this? Because it was something that was intrinsically understood in the kingdom of God that had been revealed to God's prophets throughout their time, throughout the history of God's people. Command now your servants here before you to find a man who plays skillfully on the guitar. And when the evil spirit from God is upon you, he will play it and you will be well. Angela will sing, and you will be well. Tanya will play, and you will be well. Paul will play, and you will be well. See, you need to release. See, this is why I've said several times. I want our singers and musicians to have this in their spirit and release faith for this. When I play, people will be made well. That's what David Powell and I have talked about a lot because David has like a healing anointing and I prophesied over him a long time ago that when you play, you need to expect people to get healed. But you need to expect people to be healed. When you play, but see, you need to do that. You need to be intentional. And see, and I want you to be intentional as people who are out there in the midst. I need to, be, I need, I need to sit there and realize, okay, we're worshiping God right now. Healing is available right now. There's stuff here to fix stuff. But in the midst of this worship, anything can be fixed. But see, I need you to release faith for that. Don't just be a spectator. You gotta have expectancy. You gotta believe. I said you have to believe. When Angela sings, you will be well. When he plays, you will be well. They knew this. Find a skillful musician. When somebody's in torment, we'll see, you can find a CD. Do you hear me? And of course, it comes on down. Saul sent messengers. They find David. And verse 23, the last verse, David now comes to be with him. And when the evil spirit from God was upon Saul, David took a lyre, a guitar, and played it. So Saul was refreshed and became well, and the evil spirit left him. This is the only biblical Definition that we find about what happens in the midst of anointed music. That when anointed music is there, you have refreshing healing and deliverance. Refreshing healing and deliverance. Hallelujah. My wife and I have released faith for this, and this is why, again, we've seen this, we believe this. Like I said, she'd okay, man. Don't trip She's hanging there. But seriously, I I want us as a church to catch this. We're going to preach the whole gospel. But this aspect of God's truth is something that just is truly an assignment from heaven in my heart, in Julie's heart. And in many of those who God has brought. God did not bring these particular musicians to us by accident. You hear me? people like Lucy, people like Ayana, people like Angela, people like Deborah, all, I mean, forgive me for not naming so many others, but, you know, David, Michael, Mike Brown, all. He's gathering the wandering minstrels. I said he is gathering the wandering minstrels. You and I are going to watch it happen. And we're going to develop a team of worshiping prophets that's going to be outstanding because it's part of God's assignment. It's not so that we can take credit, but it's because there's a reason. There's a purpose. There's a job to do. And there's a realm. There's an atmosphere to be cleansed. And like you've heard me say, the days are going to get darker and darker. But one of the things that's going to draw so many to salvation from the darkness is when they see the light on another group of people. And we're going to have a massive work within our worship and our song. And we are going to harness this new song. And we're going to keep our ears open to new songs from heaven. Not so that we can take any credit about being cool. But because God wants us to be a mighty, mighty, mighty army of prophetic intercessors and prophetic singers. Because of what it will produce. So please know that's part of our assignment. And Please understand it and be with us is what I'm trying to say. Just be with us in it. Amen? Amen. All right, I'm done. How- we believe you've really enjoyed this message. For further information, visit www.commonwealthchurch.org and feel free to join us on any Sunday.